Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I was so glad you're here. I'm excited about our topic tonight, and I hope it will bring you some sense of relief to know that this is something that everyone who is with a hijackal experiences at some level. So tonight we're going to be talking about hijackals and their warped sense of fair, just, and equal, because you know it really is warped. Normal people you kind of know what to expect and you can expect a certain level and within certain parameters, you can expect fair, just, and equal. But once you recognize you're in a relationship with a hijackal, all bets are off. It is not going to be just, it is not going to be fair, and it is not going to be equal. And so what do you do? First of all, how do you recognize this? If this is your first time coming to the podcast, I'm so glad you're here. You can go and listen to other episodes at SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. So go and do that. And if you've been listening before and you find value here, please consider supporting the show. Go to Patreon.com slash SaveYourSanity. There you can make a one-time donation or you can make a monthly donation of any amount that you choose and you can change that at any time. So go to patreon.com slash save your sanity. So important things. And of course, as it, as always, you can find me at forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R relationship, H-E-L-P.com. So this whole sense of justice and fairness and equality so important. If you've been with me before, you know how much I find that equality is basic to any healthy adult relationship. I'll talk about that a little later on. And when that very, very basic thing is not there for you, it is not available. The frustration really grows and it's important to know that. So when hijackals perceive unfairness, they perceive it differently than non-hijackals. So let me just remind you, the trademark term that I created, hijackals, is defined this way. Hijackals are people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and then proceed to scavenge those relationships for power, for status, and for control. You want to be watching for that all the time. Hijackals are people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and then scavenge them for power, status, and control. So that in this basis is not equal. It was never set out to be an equal relationship, and they don't have the capacity or the interest in having an equal relationship. And that might be enough for you to know right there. 
Like if it can never be equal, why would I keep hoping it is? Why would I keep doing something hoping they'd put in their part? Well, they're not going to. So we're going to talk about that more in this episode. Um, Because when they perceive unfairness, they don't say, oh, that was unfair. Let me remedy that. Let me write. I'm sorry. Let me rectify that. When they perceive unfairness, they dig in and act in their own self-interest at the expense of other people. It's unfair. It should be fair to me, says a hijackal. Not fair to us or fair to you or fair to all concerned. A hijackal only cares that it's fair to them. And, you know, there's an old saying, and, and I don't have it exact, but it says, you know, when someone says, let's meet halfway, they already think they're standing on the halfway point. And that's how hijackals perceive things too. So when they... They feel that that lack of fairness, which means things aren't going 100% their way, then they start acting very defiantly, very sometimes strongly in their own self-interest, and they leave you in the dust. They just totally leave you in the dust. Does that make sense to you? Do you remember that feeling of, aren't there two of us here? Can't we have a conversation that involves both of us and our feelings and our thoughts and our needs and our wants and our concerns? Is there really only one person who matters and I don't matter at all? Well, that's how you feel when you get into these situations with hijackals. So hijackals can't work on the usual way that conflict is resolved in a healthier relationship. And I've heard that called rupture and repair. That's kind of the the way we do it. We have a blip, things go sideways, somebody gets angry, somebody says something they ought not to have, somebody's having a bad day. So we have a rupture. And then the healthy relationship says, or the healthier one says, oh, that wasn't good. Let's kiss and make up. Let's find a solution. Let's talk it out. Let's do something. And that builds trust and safety. Oh, we got through that. That's great. We have some skills. You're in it with me to win it. We both want to make the relationship better. Ah, I feel safe. Oh, now I know that we have an ability to talk through difficult things. This is great. I chose well. But when you are with a hijackal and you bring up something of concern and something gets ruptured, what happens? Well, what happens is you're going to get out of proportion responses and emotions from the hijackal because they cannot bear the idea that they are not right, they are not getting what they want, that they are not coming first, that everything is not in line with what their sense of fair, just, and equal are. And that's a problem, a big problem. And if you are nodding your head at this point saying, that's exactly what I experience, it's because hijackals do have very, very common patterns, traits, cycles, and behaviors. And what we're talking about this evening, their warped sense of what really is fair, just, and equal is just one of those things that shows up. So, When you can't work on a healthier model with a hijackal in the sense that it's not going to go into that rupture and repair 
build safety and trust, rupture and repair, build more safety and trust, slowly fewer ruptures, fewer needs for repair, all good things. So when when you offend a hijackal and they have really deep insecurities and they perceive every attack even if it was a sideways glance because you had something in your eye, they will perceive it as a slight and they will take it in as, you know, why are you looking at me like that? Because it's all about them, but it's all about their insecurities and they're very deep seated as is their shame. And I've talked about that before. So when you offend a hijackal, you get out of proportion responses, out-of-proportion emotions, out-of-proportion allegations or threats, and you know about that because you've probably experienced it. And that often leads to rage, and that's out-of-proportion too. It can be something small, and yet the reaction will be something large from a hijackal. And that's one of the ways that allows you to observe I am not in that pattern that is healthier of rupture and repair to build trust and safety. I am actually with somebody who has a pattern of hit and run, and that is never going to get you anywhere because you are never going to resolve the issue. They have no interest in resolving the issue unless you tell them they're right, you're wrong, you'll do it their way, it will always be good, right? So it's important for us to know where this warped sense of fairness, justice, and equality resides and how to recognize it. Because when you're with a hijackal, things accumulate, they aggregate, they add up. It's not like anything gets resolved and goes away. It's that it goes into the pile to be brought out later. Now, I call that past blasting, and I'm going to do a whole episode on that sometime soon. But there's always this ready list from the moment you do breath together to the present moment, ready to be pulled out and put out a whole litany of it. And you did it this time, and you did it that time, and on, and, 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 and you get beat up with things because there is lots of rupture no repair. And that's important to see because those things are all adding up, they're accumulating, they're aggregating, there's no resolution. So therefore they have attending emotions with them. The emotions are getting stronger. The ability to go from zero to 60 is getting more likely because all of these things are building, building, building all the time. And then, whoa, then you've got a problem. And when you're with a person who has hijackal tendencies, everything threatens the relationship. Everything is a threat. Everything is perceived as a threat. Everything is looked at as, why are you doing that to me? And I know, I'm exaggerating. It doesn't happen every time and every occasion with every person who has some hijackal tendencies. But this is the way they look at it, and this is where the warping comes in. They are not their true healthy self. They they did not have that installed in their early years. You may have heard me say before that I think the first seven years of life are when we have our basic operating system installed. 
and it comes complete with malware and worms and uh, viruses and uh, Trojan horses <laughs> set to go off when we're 30 or 40 or in a relationship or being left. And that all sets the way for how we are going to develop and how are we going to develop our our view of the world and our view of how we fit into that world. So all of those things aggregate too. So if a hijackal has had experiences that have been difficult, traumatic, shameful, or whatever has occurred that has allowed them to say, this is the front I have to put on the world. I am here to dominate. I am here to run things. I am here to be king or queen of the hill. <laughs> There's not much you can do to interrupt that pattern when it is in full force. So it's really important to see this warping. So everything threatens the relationship, but nothing ever gets worked through because we're always talking about you. Have you noticed that? It's always you and your faults. And, you know, in the episode that I did on blame shifting, you might quietly say something like, I really would appreciate it if uh, you could come home on time so the family could have dinner. And immediately comes back to, well, I remember when you didn't show up and you said you would, and you do that all the time. And it gets completely blown out of proportion. There's no fairness. There's no one-on-one, one-to-one ratio of what we're talking about at the same level. I'd like to talk about coming home on time so we can have dinner together. Oh, we're not talking about that anymore. We're now talking about how many times you interrupted the possibility of having family dinner. Then let me tell you 36 other things that you've done wrong just to make my point and make me be on top of the pile again. And that's the way that rolls. And it is unpleasant. And you feel like you can't get a word in edgewise. And when you do, you're more wrong than when you didn't speak. And it piles up. And so it's really important for us to see these things because a normal offended person has a reaction, and then things kind of warm up again, and we kind of get close again, and we kind of apologize, and we kind of work it out, and then we do work it out, and we do apologize, and we still love each other. But that's not the way it goes with the hijackal. And that's the important thing for us to realize is when you have a hijackal, they're going to go out of proportion. So therefore, we're going to get devaluing and we're going to get that black and white thinking, that all or nothing thinking that I did the podcast about in the last month or so. And we're also going to get threats and we're going to get threats of discard or we're going to be discarded or we're going to be demeaned or we're going to be punished by that horrible and ugly silent treatment. I'll show you. Don't think you can talk to me because I am not going to bother with you. You are at the moment scum and I'm not talking to you. And the whole point of the silent treatment is to get you to apologize for things you didn't do and beg them to talk to you. So many times I'm asked, what should I do when my partner is giving me the silent treatment or my mother or father is? And the answer is, enjoy it. Enjoy the quiet. Enjoy the respite. Don't play the game. Don't get down on your knees and apologize for things. Don't take back what you said unless you're truly sorry for it. Um, <clears throat> just allow it to be. 
when you don't beg and you don't do all those things, it makes them more angry. It makes the silent treatment last longer sometimes, but eventually they realize it doesn't work. So there's a good chance that you will see a reduction in the number of silent treatments you experience if you just enjoy the silence. But that's what they do, right? They, they have to have a way more than equal and opposite reaction. They have to be the largest. Remember, the number one thing on a hijackle's list is winning. Winning in the moment, winning in every situation, being right about everything. And if they have to change their mind to win a half hour later, they will. And if you point it out to them, they will tell you that you don't listen very well and you should do better. And off you go again. So <clears throat> these are the kinds of ways in which things get warped and they're constantly moving the mark. So here's a good example. You know, <clears throat> sometimes you'll make an agreement with a hijackle and you'll do your very best to craft a healthy agreement that you've listened to each other. You've probably gone a little far in their direction, but that's okay. You crafted an agreement and you've talked it out to the best of your ability. So you act on the agreement. And then when you do it, the hijackle comes back and says, that wasn't fair. That, that didn't work out. I didn't like that. You shouldn't have done that. What's wrong with you? And yet you so carefully crafted the agreement and then they took no heed of it. They took no responsibility for it. They weren't accountable for it at all. And you thought you were both on the same page and you could take a big sigh of relief and say, okay, I know that we can get this one done. We're in good shape. No, they moved the marker. Think of the hijackal parent. They tell you what they want from you. You know, the hackneyed good grades is what they want. And so you bring a report card that is all A's and they say, but you didn't win the wrestling championship or you weren't at the top and getting the starring role in the musical. And you want to say, but yes, look, look, I got all A's. They're, they've moved on. You, you, you haven't given them an opportunity to win. So they move the marker. And that'll happen in every agreement that you make with a hijackal. Because remember, in the beginning, if you married them, for instance, you made a pretty strong agreement what to do. Are they holding up their end? Maybe you're scurrying like crazy to hold up yours. But stop and sit down for a minute and observe are they holding up their end? Probably not. They've probably strayed far away from what they said they would do. And yet you are thinking, oh, well, you know, I'll make excuses for them. So we want to be very careful not to enable. And I've shared my definition of enabling with you before, but I'll do it again. It's when you usually step in to fix, solve, excuse, rationalize, justify, or make the consequences go away for the poor choices of others. 
So you're jumping in and you're doing what I call dancing for two. You're trying to have life for two. You're trying to head off problems at the past for two. And it's exhausting to do that. But there you are stepping in to fix and solve and excuse and rationalize and justify and make the consequences of their poor choices go away. And I want to invite you today to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I am not here to be enabling another human. That is not my job. They get the logical consequences of their choices. They don't get me making myself into a pretzel or worse, into a doormat in order to please them while they do exactly what they please. That's a big deal. And when you can do that, when you choose to do that, that is a wonderful moment for you because it spells the beginning of release and freedom. And you are no longer trying to please she or he who will not be pleased. The hijackal has already made the decision that you cannot measure up because if you measured up, they wouldn't be on top of the pile anymore. And if they're not on top of the pile, what's wrong with the world? <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to be. They're supposed to be on top of the pile, running everything like a puppet master, manipulating everything, making everyone do their bidding. So when you step up and suggest that maybe we should have those three things I talk about in that so important episode 115, those three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. So when you step up and have the expectation, even if you don't say it, you have the expectation of equality, reciprocity, and mutuality, they are afraid of that. No, 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 because that's, that's nobody on top. And they don't know what to do with that. You know, bless them. They don't know what to do with that. They don't know who to be with that. They don't know how to not be in control and not be on the top of the pile. And their fear and their shame drives that. But don't be too quick to put on your compassion hat. You didn't break them. Not your job to fix them. You can invite them to come into an equal, reciprocal, and mutual relationship with you, and maybe we can approximate that. I work with lots of couples who can come up with a certain degree of workability in the situation when people want to, maybe not all the way, maybe they don't get into the truly healthy realm of relationship, but they will come into something that's sort of acceptable. And maybe it's good for the children at the time or whatever in each case is different. But it's really important that we recognize that they do have this warped sense. You didn't give it to them, but they're expecting you to live up to it and live into it and live through it. And it's inappropriate. So take a big breath. That's a lot. That is really a lot, and it is an unrealistic expectation on the part of the hijackal, and hopefully it will not be an unrealistic expectation you have of yourself. 
If you were raised by a hijackal, you may have unrealistic expectations of yourself. You may still be subconsciously endeavoring to live up to the expectations of the hijackal parent you had. And then, lo and behold, you find yourself with a hijackal partner. Well, that's not much of a stretch because if you haven't recognized it yet, you don't know that that subconscious programming made the hijackal partner seem familiar enough even though you don't like some of the stuff, they were familiar at a deep level. And so you wake up and you say, I don't like this. I've been listening to Save Your Sanity. And I realize there's this, 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 and this that really is not going to lead to a healthy relationship. So either we find a way to get some help, or I may have to make some decisions because you don't want to live in a relationship that is totally one-sided. And if the hijackal could have it that way, it would be totally one-sided. It would be my way or the highway in all things. So let's talk about how can you respond to these things that I've been talking about when this uh, irrationality comes your way, when there is this warped sense of justice, uh, when there's this warp <laughs> justice to them, of course, is they win. Fairness means they win, and equality means I'm better than you. So you should do what I say and give me what I want. So how do you respond to that in a healthy way? Well, you may be a little flattened, you know, you may be almost emotionless. You may be at the point where you think, I don't have any fight left in me, but I want to give you some things that you can actually do and that you can begin to resurrect the desire to say, I deserve to be in an equal, reciprocal, mutual relationship. So I am going to take some steps and I hope you do. So here's some steps. Number one is to take to heart all that I have said on this episode and in other episodes. Anything that you have heard that causes you to say, oh, that's just what's happening to me. Believe that. Believe that. Don't make excuses for the other person. Don't justify their behavior. Don't enable them. Believe it. Okay, that's my observation of that other human. I've learned all these things on the podcast, and now I see that they are in place in my relationship. So first step is to allow yourself to say, yes, that is what's going on. You know what I've said. And then get clear about what do I want to do? You know, do I want to go in the direction of seeing what can be changed in this relationship? What can be changed within myself to try in the relationship, which you know is my choice unless there's physical or sexual abuse, in which case you should get out and go to the police and the hospital. But I want you to be doing what my new program and my new community is all about. I want you to be emerging in power day by day in your life. And one of the ways that you begin to be emerging empowered is to say, what I want is a sense that we can actually um, talk and I am going to do my own work, regardless of the work that we do on the relationship, in order to find out who am I, what do I want, what do I value, what is my belief system, 
about how the world works, about what good relationships are, all kinds of beliefs. What situation am I actually in? And where would I like to be in terms of what a relationship that would be good for me is? So know what you want and then start working toward that. Now, the third option that you might have had besides, you know, shall we work on it? Shall I work on me is, uh uh-uh, I don't want any more. And it's not easy to leave a hijackle. Yeah, maybe you could get out the door all right, but it's very messy. And those of you who have tried know that, you know, what the pains are. So prepare. Again, if there's no physical or sexual abuse, prepare. I can help you with that. If you want to work with me, you know, I have that lovely offer for you for new clients. Very simple. One hour new client offer, $97. Go to beaclient.com beaclient.com. And we can talk about that. We can talk about your decision-making process. So that's very, very clear to know what you want, to know what your best next steps are. And maybe they don't have to be sweeping change. Hopefully we'll make small incremental improvements. Like I talk about in my book, Kaizen for Couples. That's the meaning of the word Kaizen is small incremental improvements. And it's all about how to have a healthy relationship. So you might want to do that reading on the side. Go to kaizenforcouples.com, K-A-I-Z-E-N forcouples.com. Know what healthy relationships look like. Remind yourself what healthy relationships look like and what strategies you can use to have a healthy relationship. So you're going to remember everything I said, and then you're going to think, what do I want? And what is the outcome that I want? Hopefully you're going to be uh, wanting to be in life emerging empowered, whether you're emerging empowered just within yourself or you end up emerging empowered from the relationship, but that's the direction we want to go. Then you need to learn to set non-negotiable boundaries. I was talking with some clients this week and I was, I was reminded of something when I raised my three children mostly alone, I learned a word that really made things much better with raising three kids. My kids are 10 years apart, youngest to oldest. So there was a range of developmental stages in there. So I learned this word, non-negotiable. Now that's a big mouthful for a two-year-old, but the intent is clear. You can scream, yell, pout, hit, do whatever it is you're going to do, but nothing is going to change what I said. So one of the strategies you need is non-negotiable boundaries. Now, please don't choose something huge. Don't step out and choose something huge. Choose something little. You know, maybe it's like I, I, I have decided not to respond when someone is calling me names. And you don't respond. It's something small. Yes, it's enraging to a hijackle, but it's something small. It's not like, you know, unless you do these 16 things, I'm out of here. (laughs) To start with small boundaries, but make them non-negotiable. Don't set a boundary that you are not going to uphold. Maybe you need to have some lifting up of your self-esteem so you feel that you have the right 
to set a boundary and then to set a non-negotiable boundary. That may be the work that you have to do to be emerging empowered. Know that and do that. Work on that. That's so important. And learn to set these non-negotiable boundaries. When you start just tiny ones, often with a hijackle, you can work them in because it's not much skin off their nose. But it's building up your confidence. It's building up your sense of empowerment. And that's good. Empowerment is just finding your personal space, knowing that you have the right to say what you think, feel, need, want, prefer, and remember, as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. It's coming into your sense that, yeah, I am unique. I know what I want. I can ask for what I want. I can hear no or yes and make a decision. And then I will construct my life that way. I'm not here to make other people happy. I'm not here to live up to the expectations of others. All of that you need to learn in order to grow your self-esteem. And that will really help you in the face of this warped sense of fair, just, and equal. Absolutely help you. Another way that you can respond is to practice and learn how to say things in ways that are kind and honest at the same time. Kind and honest simultaneously. You might need to do some practice around that. You may need to use my personal weather report technique, which will always improve your relationship with yourself and others. So you can go and listen to the episode on the personal weather report. Also go to my YouTube channel for relationship help, the same as my website. So youtube.com slash for F-O-R relationship help, H-E-L-P. There's 540 videos there that you can search. And there are some on the personal weather report. So learn to be kind and honest at the same time. And that that is a fabulous way to communicate because you always feel clean and clear with your communication. Now, yes, a hijackle is going to go off like a Roman candle, no matter how well you express yourself, if you're saying something they don't agree with. But you are empowering yourself right now. You are taking action. And that's so very important. And then the last but not least, you know that equality, reciprocity, and mutuality are not readily available in a relationship with a hijackle. They're just not. They have no intention of being equal to you. They're going to be better than, more important than you, smarter than you, more entitled than you. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be more because the number one thing is winning. So it's going to be more. You're not going to have reciprocity because they don't see themselves as equal to you. So why would there be give and take in the relationship? It's, reciprocity is not about keeping a scorecard. Reciprocity is about safety and trust. Like I can trust you to have my back, to walk behind me, to walk beside me, to walk in front of me when I'm scared. Uh, there's that trust. We do that for each other. So trust and safety come into reciprocity. And mutuality means I want for you what you want for yourself. Uh-uh, you're not going to find that with a hijackle. So there's a whole lot there for you. So maybe it's time to make decisions. Maybe it's time to work on yourself. I always believe it's a good place to start. Not because you're going to find fault with yourself. You're going to find the whys. Why do I do this and how could I do it better? What would I like to achieve that I am not currently achieving in the relationship or in my relationship with myself? All of those things are 
extremely important. And then you have decisions to make. Maybe you're going to go low contact with someone. Maybe you need to go no contact with someone. Often we have to do that with hijackal parents. Many times we have to do that with hijackal exes and people that we really wish were our exes. All these things have to be calibrated and you have the opportunity to do that. So I hope that tonight this has helped you, that you have seen some things that really make sense to you as to why they have this warped sense and how you can respond by emerging empowered. And I'm here to help you do it. Remember, you can just go to beaclient.com. So easy to remember, beaclient.com. And if we've not talked before, that's my new client one-hour session offer for $97. And you know where to find me at For Relationship Help. So let's talk soon. And in the meantime, take very good care of yourself because you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.